The following Dharma talk was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The speaker is Mark Nunberg, guiding teacher at Common Ground. A big welcome to everybody. I know it's not easy signing up and getting ourselves to anything, and uh, a lot of you have had busy days. So before talking about what we'll be doing these next six weeks, let's just try a little bit of practice. So don't feel like you have to change how you're sitting. And you can continue with your eyes open or you can just lightly close the eyes, whatever you prefer. If you keep the eyes open, just gazing down to the floor in front of you. Simply noticing what is being known. Whatever the experience is here that's being known, and just see if you can leave it alone. If you can simply be opening or knowing what you're knowing in a kind and uh, accepting way. See if you can feel the air touching the skin of the face. Just that ordinary touch. Maybe it's a little cool, maybe it's a little warm. Noticing any places along the face where there might be a little tension. For example, around the mouth. Notice what any tension in the brow and the forehead might be like right now. So it's not about fixing things. It's just simply noticing, being clear, being accepting, feeling the top of the head. Maybe you can feel the weight of the hair. Feel both shoulders, the neck, sides of the neck, shoulders. Even if there's some tension, just a willingness to open and receive the sensations here in the shoulders and neck. Without judgment. Is it possible just uh, let these sensations be the way they are. Feel both arms, both hands. Noticing, for example, where the hands are making contact. Simple point of pressure or touch. And again, we're exploring this possibility of being both aware and even intimate with the sensations in the arms and hands, and at the same time, just accepting things as they are. No particular agenda, just feeling what's here to feel. We'll take a little time and just feel the trunk of the body, the front side, the entire chest and abdomen, solar plexus, Feeling the back. There's a chair over here if you're looking. We're just feeling the front and back sides of the trunk and all the sensations in between. 
See if it can be okay to feel whatever you're feeling here throughout the torso, including the structure of the pelvis, the floor of the pelvis, the sits bones, feel the spine, being aware and just allowing these sensations, whatever they're like, to be the way they are now. Feeling both legs and both feet, taking the time to allow the awareness to settle into the legs and feet. For example, noticing any touch points here in the legs where there's contact, places of pressure, the bend of the knees. And taking some time now to feel the whole body together. This great ocean of sensation that we call the body. Can it be okay to be willing to be open, to be sensitive, to feel the body just as it is now? The sitting body is like this. Sensations are being known, it's like this now. Can this be okay just to feel, to allow the sensations to be the way they are? You might even notice what a relief it is not to have to fix or control the body, the sensations in the body. The real art in mindful awareness practice is learning how to skillfully sustain this present moment awareness. And you can really rely on the availability of feeling the sensations in the body as a kind of meditation anchor. Feeling the whole body sitting, the sensations of the whole body now. And on the one hand, being aware, even intimate, and on the other hand, allowing these sensations to be the way they are. Softening, relaxing, trusting. Getting very clear about the simple truth. The sitting body feels like this now. Including feeling the breath moving in the body, the natural rhythm, natural sensations of the breathing process coming in, going out, and being aware of that breathing process without needing to control it or judge it. Thankful that the body can breathe without needing any conscious control. 
So just trust the body to do the breathing, whatever that might feel like. Feeling body, aware of sensations being known. And right here in the present moment, besides the sensations that are being known, being felt, notice how sounds are being heard naturally and in a way effortlessly. We don't have to try to hear. Notice how hearing is just happening without any particular or personal effort to hear, hearing just happens. Sensations are being felt, sounds are being heard, and sights, even with the eyes closed, sights are being seen light, color, actual objects, seeing is being known, hearing is being known, sensations are being known, and of course all kinds of mental activity or thoughts are being known as well. So notice, if you can, it's a little more tricky to notice mental activity, emotion, thoughts, mental images. But it's quite natural, really unavoidable. Mental activity will just continue. I wonder if it would be safe to simply allow sensations and sounds and sights and thoughts to come and go as they do. In other words, is it safe to relax and more deeply trust how the moment is unfolding, both the body and the mind? Even if it's unpleasant, is it safe to simply trust whatever is unfolding right now in the body and the mind. Is it safe to relax, to be aware and to relax at the same time? And one last thing, just check. Can you stop being aware? Is it something you can shut off? So we're noticing that awareness is in a way its own thing, happening on its own. Not something that we can personally turn on or shut off. It's just some part of the nature of the mind to know, to be aware. So notice that impersonal 
quality of knowing or awareness. It's just there doing the job of awareing or knowing. What's the knowing mind knowing now? What's being known? When you feel ready, just open your eyes, adjust your body as you need to. So great to see so many people tonight. Hopefully you've all found a relatively comfortable spot for yourselves. My name is Mark Nunberg, and my partner, Wynn Fricke, and I started Common Ground Meditation Center way back in 1993, so we've been around for a while in the neighborhood, first at a place a little bit east of here, and then now for bought the building in 2006, so we've been here since then. And we're a Buddhist meditation center. You might have picked that up. And one of the central foundational practices in Buddhism is Cultivating the stable, present moment awareness, what we sometimes call mindful awareness, a clear, relaxed, balanced, kind, discerning, and this is the hard part, continuous present moment awareness. Because right? it's relatively easy for us, we probably have had many times, a moment of being present. But it's really another thing altogether to sustain present moment awareness. Because the deep habit in our mind is the mind, the knowing mind that I mentioned in the guided practice, is to get hijacked by our thoughts about things, to be lost in thought over and over and over. So with a number of different practices, all of them involving present moment awareness, we're going to retrain that mind. And we're going to, most importantly, notice the positive, but you're going to check this out for yourself. You're not going to believe that it will be positive effects, but I'm suggesting that you'll notice positive effects. And it doesn't matter, like you could be the person who is the worst at present moment awareness, the most distracted person in the whole you know, world. You might be here tonight, but whoever we are, wherever we are, we can get better at cultivating this stable, clear, relaxed, kind, balanced, curious, present moment awareness. Right? We can move more and more in that direction, but it's a training because a lot of our habit energy is around distraction. You know, it's sort of like, thought comes up and we chase it, we proliferate, and we get bored, and then we find another theme to proliferate, obsess about, and we get bored, we get exhausted, and then we find another thing to think about, and another, and then the day's over, and we go to bed, and it's basically the same thing's happening, except now in the dream state, 
with the exception of a few precious moments of deep sleep where we put it all down and we pick it back up and we basically the mind is chasing its own tail both in waking and sleeping. And every once in a while human beings wonder, is this all there is? <laughs> or this isn't very pleasant. This doesn't seem to allow me to become a more skillful, a more kind, wise human being. Is there another way? And if we're fortunate, we bump into some teachings, like the Buddhist teachings, that are basically all about training the mind to be present. And it's, in a sense, in a very real sense, the most simple thing. And I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating. It's also the most difficult thing, right? Sometimes what's most difficult is also very simple. It's not complicated what I'll be talking about. So Common Ground is uh, a, a Buddhist meditation center in the early Buddhism tradition, Theravada Buddhism, the kind of Buddhism that comes out of places like Thailand and Burma or Myanmar now and Cambodia and uh, Sri Lanka. <coughs> and early Buddhism is really characterized by being really pragmatic, not very metaphysical. It's really solving the problem of being a human being and from our own subjective per, uh, point of view, noticing that my mind, my heart, regularly gets bound up, gets tight, becomes reactive, feels burdened, feels heavy, right? Sound familiar? Called being an ordinary human being Right, which comes with the stress of being an ordinary human being, basically getting pushed around by what we like and what we don't like, what we want to happen, what we're afraid of happening, our hopes, our fears, our confusions. Right, We're getting pushed around by that stuff a lot. We notice it's stressful and we're interested in what to do about it. And then somebody tells us something that doesn't make any sense. Well... Have you tried being mindful? Have you tried being aware in a continuous way that it's like this now? Now, we immediately interpret that kind of instruction. Oh, so then I can fix it. I'll pay attention, and then I'll have a more brilliant way to intervene, and once and for all, fix my life. Right? But that's not what we're saying. You may intervene. You may do all kinds of interventions, and this practice we're going to be learning these six weeks, it's neither for nor against any interventions you want to do. You just do whatever you want to do. You know, you can decide to fast. You can decide to eat a lot of food. You can decide to shave your head. You can decide to grow your hair out. You could decide to be celibate or to have multiple partners. You can do whatever you want to do. But what the class and the teachings are asking you to do is to cultivate a balanced, kind, interested, continuous present moment awareness. Right? That's what we're about. So this is specifically not about fixing your life. It's about training your mind to be aware, to recognize the present moment. Right? So if someone asks, what are you doing at Common Ground? I'm training my mind to recognize the present moment. I have this thing called my life and I thought it would be a good idea to show up 
to actually be aware. I mean, when you say it out loud, like, oh, yeah, my strategy for living is really not to be there. You know, I have a sensitive heart, mind, whatever you want to call it. Right? I see sights, I hear sounds, I smell smells, I taste tastes, I sense touches, and I notice mental activity and emotional activity, but I don't really want to be aware. So my approach to living is to be either numb or distracted. Right? Nobody would say that out loud. But that's kind of what we do. Right? That's the default habit energy most of us have. Because we haven't really done the difficult work of training the mind how to be radically present, open, interested, intimate, non-judging, non-controlling, and allow choices, which you know you can't get away from choices as a human being. We're making choices all the time. Whether you scratch yourself right now or you don't, you know, or you, whether you tune me out or tune me in, we're making choices all the time. The question is, are the choices that are being made all the time being made from this place of the mind knowing it's like this now, a mind that is present, or are the choices being made from a place of being distracted, being caught up in thought? That's the difference. And what the Buddha would say is, if you watch, if you pay attention, you'll notice you're much more nimble, creative, kind, happy, beautiful human being when your choices are arising out of a heart that is present than who you are when your choices are arising out of a mind, a heart that's distracted or caught up in thought. And this is for each of us to check out because it's not going to help for me or somebody to tell you this, hey, this really works. You have to really see that it works. And the Buddha says these practices, the sort of general group of practices that we call awareness, Buddhist awareness practices, mindful awareness practice, you'll see that the benefits come in the beginning, middle, and the end of the practice. We don't have to do it for 20 years before we get some useful, functional results, even within six weeks. But you won't get any results if you don't do the practice, if you don't undertake the training. So if you come every Tuesday night and even during the week, all you're doing is appreciating. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I really like these ideas. (laughs) What you'll do is you'll get good at the thought, this really makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And you might even get good at uh, appreciating the practice theoretically but you won't actually notice any benefit because the benefit comes not from appreciating that it makes a lot of sense. You've got to take the energy that comes from that intellectual appreciation. You know, it makes a lot of sense. You get a little boost of energy and you've got to actually do something. You have to like sit down. It doesn't really matter where you sit initially. Just sit down in a relatively simple place where you have fewer distractions because you need to go to kindergarten to build some momentum and confidence in the practice. If you decided to start your practice in a place where people are talking to you and someone's got the TV on and the dog wants to walk and the cat needs its food, and well, 
it's going to be triggering so much habit energy, there's really not much chance that we're going to be developing a new habit. So we need a simple environment. That's what we call the daily sitting time. Whatever that's going to look like. Some of you have a lot of kids at home or whatever, and it won't be so easy, but you just have to be strategic at the time you decide to practice, how you talk to the people you live with, what you do with your cell phone, what corner of the apartment or house is relatively uncluttered so you're not being triggered by what's around you, all the unpaid bills or this mess there. If you can get yourself a corner that's uncluttered, that's not going to be triggering anxiety and a lot of the doing energy, that's ideal. The time of day and what you do with your pets and people you live with so that you have a relatively simple environment to do the training and to build some momentum so you get a real taste of what the practice can deliver. What is the natural consequence of a mind that is more and more often aware that this is how it is now. This is what's being known. This is what's being felt. It's just this. This emotion has arisen and is being known. This thought is arising and it's just this thought being known. These sensations in the body are showing up now. It feels like this here in the body. Hearing, hearing. Oh, it's just these sounds being heard. This sight being seen. Right? We're really, it's a powerful simplification or you could even say deconstruction of our lived experiences of human being. It's not about my mental interpretation of how I'm doing. In this practice, hear this, repeat this in your own mind as often as you need to. In this practice, our idea of how I'm doing or my idea of what's happening to me, my mental interpretation, whether I'm a good person or a bad person, worthy or not worthy. In this practice, that's just a thought. That's just mental activity, which really, when you look at it, isn't very much. Like, what is a thought? I'm a good person. Think that thought. It's not much of anything, is it? Now, for some of you, that might trigger something like, that's a lie. Right? And that might come with like an emotional charge. I'm not a good person. But that's just that feeling, whatever that feeling might be for each of us. Right? So that's what I mean by deconstructing a thought is just that mental activity being known. If there's an emotional charge with that particular content, well that's just that you know, visceral reverberation in the body being felt, right? What else would it be? Like even now, some of you have had long days, you might be longing to go home and have your meal or rest or watch a fun thing on the internet, on TV or whatever. And that might seem real, that possibility. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. But what is that really now? That's just a thought, a mental image being known here and now. Like, in terms of our actual experience, we don't know what's out there. Like, but you could be really certain. No, 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 I'm pretty sure my bed's over there or over there. But that's just this experience being known now. And any tightness or any kind of emotional feeling, that's just something being felt here and now. So that's what we're training the mind to do is to ground reality 
Learn to live in the reality of what's here and now being known. And keep it that simple. And any ideas you have that are beyond what's right here and now, see it as something being known here and now. Like you might have a really painful thing that happened to you in the past, and that memory might arise. But be really clear that's a memory right here and now being known and being felt. That's all I know. I know right now what's true. This is being known, remembered, being felt. It's just this being known. And it's not any kind of repression. It's just learning to be straightforward and honest about what our lived, direct, immediate, subjective experience is. We're taking refuge in reality. We're not taking refuge in our interpretation. Now the thing is, we have a deep habit of mistaking our interpretation for reality. It's going to take some time. We need a lot of patience, a lot of forgiveness, which you're going to get with six weeks coming when you can, can't come. If you're out of town, if one of your kids is sick, totally okay to miss. We're recording them. We'll get them up on the website. We have the past six week. I think it was last fall, a year ago, that was recorded. Those six talks are up online, including the guided meditations. There's some handouts. I'll send an email out tomorrow. Everybody who registered will get the link to the handouts, the link to the past talks. But the current, this class, the recordings, they're going to get up on our website. You'll see one of the main menu items is our audio talks or something like that, recorded talks. Just look there. They'll be in chronological order. So just look for this Tuesday, and you'll see tonight's talk probably get up in about four or five days. So if you want like a guided meditation, you can use the one that I'll do a little bit later before we end at nine tonight. So you have those resources, but you need to put in the time, right? And you really like, just sit, I have to train my mind. Without training, nothing changes. The mind is nothing but habit energy expressing the force of habit, right? That's all it is. It's actually like when we're skillful or when we're unskillful, it's neither good nor bad. It's just a natural system that we call me or my mind, right? Did you cho choose all your mental conditioning, your emotional habits? Did you go through some buffet line, little of that, a lot of that. Oh, I don't want any of that. No. It's just through a very organic way, conditioning process of culture and our parents and our other influences, including genetics. We ended up with a mind, heart, a body conditioned in this way, right? It's not personal. But we're responsible for it because ignoring it doesn't work or blaming doesn't work. Anybody not try ignoring our habit energy or blaming somebody for our habit energy? It doesn't work. What works is to take responsibility and to retrain the heart. And in order to do that, we have to be intimate. There's no retraining without being present, without seeing things as they are. It's the proximate cause for changing how the mind works is to see how the mind works. 
It's not actually personal, like I get in there and I change how the mind works. The mind changes by carefully, kindly observing the mind working, seeing what the mind is doing, seeing what the mind is knowing, how the mind is knowing, how the mind is relating. And over time, we really get good at noticing that the mind is relating. It's showing up in an unskillful way, in a way that's stressful, or the mind is relating in a way that's skillful. We really begin to notice when the mind is relating, showing up in skillful ways and unskillful ways. And it's the noticing of that skillfulness and unskillfulness that changes the mind. So you could say, from a Buddhist point of view, the first real spiritual wisdom is being able to track your lived experience and discern, not control. This is different than controlling or repressing but to discern when I'm skillful and when I'm not skillful in real time. That's a real breakthrough because we're not wasting our time judging myself or hating myself. I'm simply noticing, okay, I'm being defensive. Feeling defensive is like this. This is what that sets in motion. It's not helping. This is unskillful. It's just this. It's just this being felt, this being known. That's what changes the mind, changes the mind's habits, conditioning. is seeing clearly when something is unskillful, it's unskillful. And just as important, when the mind is relating in skillful ways, being kind, being patient, being clear, being curious, looking, opening in a, from a place of humility instead of a place of arrogant certainty, from a place of openness versus having a fixed view, And we see, oh, that's skillful, that's helpful, that's in the direction of things getting released, things getting lighter, more free. We really start to see that. And that's what we'll hear in the weeks. Some of you will report, like, yeah, I was being mindful. might be out in daily life. It might be during a sitting time. But you'll see the mind relating in a really unskillful way. But it will be very empowering because you're seeing it directly, immediately. You're seeing that it's not helpful. You're noticing by seeing it clearly, it's getting weaker. Not because you want it to go away. It's getting weaker because you're seeing it for what it is. So really let this little bit of information land. Things change. This is the Buddhist, the Buddhist premise for you and me to check out. Things change because they're seen clearly. If the mind never sees clearly, things don't change. The proximate cause for real psychological, emotional, spiritual change is seeing things as they are, not trying to fix things. Trying to fix things is aversion. It's a form of hatred. I don't like who I am. I want things to be different. That's shooting on ourselves. (laughs) We know what that feels like. Just like it feels when we do it to someone else. So like our partner, you know. Can't you do it this way? Can't you be this way? I would love you so much if you were. We do it to our cats and our dogs. (laughs) It's a kind of violence we put on each other all the time. But we can start to see it in real time, how we do it with ourselves. And we'll change. So 
before we stretch our legs, any questions about what I've said thus far? We'll stretch in just a moment. Then I'll give another guided meditation. But just uh, any questions come to mind about what I've said? Yeah, please. Well, anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day. <laughs> she asked how many hours or how often or how much should we pr- be practicing? Well, what's really important, you know, is to make the resolve I'm not going to go to bed unless I do some practice. Now, ideally, you're not waiting until you're ready to go to bed because you're going to be tired. You know, and often, depending on your life situation, early morning when you're getting up and, you know, maybe after you've had your coffee, depending on your personality and mental temperament, but find a time earlier in the day because then you'll do it, you know. And, uh, you know, it's really nice if you can do 20 minutes or more at a sitting, but if you can do three minutes, it's better than no minutes. Five minutes is better than three minutes, ten minutes better than five minutes. But do a little time every day. And even if you've got your pajamas on and the teeth are brushed and you're already in your bed and then you remember, oh yeah, I made that resolve to do a little, at least a little every day, then just do it right there. Just sit up, prop yourself up, or get onto a chair, whatever you need. Right? And the basic, first we use the experience of the body. Because right, that's, that's one of the easiest gateways back to the present moment. Oh my God, there's a body here. <laughs> I might have neglected you for 16 hours, you know, but now it's 11 p.m., totally exhausted. And I remember, oh my God, there's a body. This life, whatever it is, it's a great mystery. But one thing's for sure, it's embodied. This life is embodied. Whatever the mind is, we know for certain it's tethered, grounded in this body, right? And that's, that's a reality that really helps with mindful awareness practice because, okay, so what's it like right now, this experience of embodiment, being a body, being in a body? Well, sitting is like this. See, that's your first moment of starting over. You might have been distracted, lost in thought, 16 hours, whatever, 18 hours. But now there's a moment of mindful awareness. There is a body. Sensations, bodily sensations are like this. This is being known, right? The present moment, sensation of the body sitting, being known. Ah. In a way... Like I said earlier, we've come home to reality. Right? Non-reality is when we're lost in our thoughts, our mental interpretations, our stories, our fantasies, our hopes, our fears. That's in a Buddhist system called delusion. Being lost in thought is delusion. Because no matter what we're thinking, no matter how sublime or intricate the thought is, it's like the difference between reading a menu and eating the meal. The menu, thinking about life, thinking about who I am, thinking about what's happening to me, that's never actually directly our life. But it masquerades as our life. But we always leave us feeling flat or empty or hollow, right? Not in a good sense. 
So even though we've been gone for a long time, just use that starting point. Oh yeah, there's a body here. It feels like this. And then remember the basic point isn't just to land, but to sustain present moment awareness. So it's like one moment of recognition, sitting, sensations like this, followed by the next. And it's easy because the very deep habit is, right? the idea, there's a body here, comes to the forefront. Okay, I get it. There's a body here. So let me think about how much I don't like my body. Or let me think about how much nicer my body is compared to this other person. Or, you know, whatever. But then we notice, oh no, that's just a thought being known. Oh yeah, there's a body here. We come back to sensation. So this is the training, like that returning, using embodiment, sensation. Like, I'm talking about really ordinary stuff here. Feel the sits bones against the chair or the cushion. Feel the bend of the knees. Feel the hands resting on the thighs. Feel the sense of structure or the uprightness of the spine. Feel the air against the skin, the exposed skin. Feel the breath, the ordinary experience of the rising, falling of the abdomen with the breath going in and out, or the touching as the air touches the nostrils going in, touches the nostrils going out. Right? It's, there are many ways to come back into the body pretty concrete, right? It's not our habit, because our habit is to think the thought, I know there's a body here. Why would I pay attention to it? Because I know, that's a concept, that there's a body here. I have a story. The story substitutes for actually being connected, embodied, aware of the body, aware of sensation, aware of the heartbeat aware of the breathing rhythm, aware of how we're holding tension, armored, shoulders are up higher than they need to be, belly's clenched, anus is tight, jaw's tight, you know, all these different ways of holding. We're oblivious. That's why we can go for decades with these different patterns of holding is because we're not aware of the body. We've learned not a good place to be, dangerous place to be, Right? Yeah, Keith. Yeah, yeah, and it's exactly the point I was just making that one of the reasons we have the habit of being distracted and in our thoughts about things is because it's often not a pleasant place to be. Because what are we going to feel when we drop into the body? We're going to feel a body that has been neglected. And the body, you know, when I mentioned earlier how the mind is tethered to the body, right? We don't get mind without a body. We don't get body without a mind. But the body is the innocent victim. In a way, it's kind of like nature. And whatever the mind is doing, which is also just nature, the body is the innocent victim. So when I'm worrying with my mind, the body expresses that worry. When I'm hoping with my mind, the body expresses that tension. So year, hour after hour, day after day, year after year, the body is getting layered over and over again with the tension that the mind is involved in. The hopes, the fears, the wanting, the hating. So when we do drop into the body, we feel the cumulative effect of that. and We don't want to be there. So we have to train. And you have to, you know, learn that it 
feels good not to run from what is true. So although it may be unpleasant, you'll notice as you continue to track your actual experience, it's actually more stressful to not want to be there than it is to learn just to be with it. it it's healing and liberating to be grounded, to be real, to be open, to develop a loving relationship with the body. Because it's so exhausting to not be in the body when we're in the body, right? Because it requires so much distraction and numbness. That's a lot of work. We don't realize how much work distraction is because we're too distracted to notice how stressful it is, right? We're so distracted by distraction, we don't realize the cost of distraction. Doing this practice is kind of heartbreaking because as we get some momentum, we start to see the honest toll of all of our mental habits of distraction and reactivity. We see what it's doing to the body in real time, and it breaks our heart. We have a lot of compassion for self-compassion for all the harm that's unconsciously done just because of you know habits that got built up because we didn't get trained from day one when we were kids to be present. So let's uh, stretch our legs. And I'll keep talking because I want to give you some instructions about standing practice while we're doing that. But feel free to mindfully stretch your body any way you think will be good. Watch out for your neighbors, of course. Just notice what you're feeling in the body. The body, or the Buddha rather, was so pragmatic. He taught that we should be mindful in all postures, lying down, standing up, walking, and sitting. So when you're doing standing meditation, like if you find, like this person mentioned, that you have a lot of pain when you're sitting still, then maybe you can sit comfortably for five minutes relatively still. But then the you can't actually be interested or intimate with the body and the breathing beyond that. Then just mindfully stand up and do five minutes standing. like, And then maybe sit back down in the chair or on the cushion. And you can even experiment with reclining. Now, generally, that only works for five to ten minutes, depending. And then we get sleepy, and then it's not very productive. But for the first few minutes, lying down can be, be, be a really supportive practice. And if you have some lower back tension, you can elevate your calves. You know how people do that? Put a pillow under the calves, maybe a little pillow under your head so your spine feels like it has a nice alignment, even though you're lying down. Because that really supports clarity, just like when we're sitting, either in a chair or on the floor. And I'll talk about sitting posture more week two. But just that alignment really helps with clarity. But I'm going to go through this, uh, the breathing meditation practice while we're standing here, just so you get a chance to stretch out a little. And you don't have to stand still like a statue. So if you have a little shifting, a little turning, that's okay. And you don't have to close your eyes, but don't look around. Just gaze toward the floor in front in a relaxed way. Or if you want, close your eyes, whatever you like. Arms comfortably to the sides, or you can hold your 
wrist or put your hands in your pocket, whatever's comfortable. Feel the feet on the floor, feel that contact. Knees, of course, a little bent. Check out the face and just encourage any tension around the eyes to soften, any tension around the mouth to soften, around the shoulders, allow the belly to round out. And take in a few moments and just feel the whole body standing or kind and open, receptive awareness of the whole body standing. And as we're standing, we'll notice, of course, that the body is breathing. See if you can tune in to that rhythm of breathing in and breathing out without being compelled to control the breath. Now it might, just because of habit, start to feel a little controlled, but just continue to feel the whole body even as you feel the breath coming in and the breath going out. And it's okay from time to time, whenever it's helpful, in a silent way, of course, to make a, to repeat a little phrase. So it might be something like breathing in, sensitive to the whole body. Breathing out, allowing the sensations to be. Or it can be more simple, just repeating the word in as you feel the breath coming in and feel the whole body. Repeat the word out as you feel the breath going out, sensitive to the whole body. So you can use that mental noting or labeling when it supports the continuity of present moment awareness with the body. And just in a very light, almost playful way, just see if you can sustain awareness through one breath coming in feeling the whole body, and then through one breath going out. And when you feel like you're pretty good at that unwavering awareness through just a half breath in or out, and see if you can do it through the duration of one in-breath and out-breath together without any gaps, any wavering. Cultivating this open and receptive awareness of the body, just as it is. And just so you know what it's like, practice using a mental label. So it could be just the phrase breathing in as you feel the sensations of breathing in and a word or phrase like breathing out. 
And again, be curious. See if you can, for each half breath in or out, be unwavering in that mindful awareness, that present moment awareness. Remember to relax. Doesn't help to be tight. Now, instead of having the breath in the foreground, let's just experiment a little bit. Let the breath be in the background or in the periphery, and let's have the whole body in the foreground. So you're just aware that there's a standing body. It feels like this. And we're just sustaining that awareness. Standing is like this. The sensations of standing feels like this now. And you can use that kind of a phrase from time to time if it helps, or just do it silently. And it's okay to have a little shifting of the weight between the two feet, or a little movement, a little sway, a little turn, or whatever. You don't have to, but it's okay. We're just sustaining the awareness that standing feels like this now. And notice it's changing, like whatever the sensations are, they're in motion. Intimacy with the body. And even though we're aware of the whole body, notice that the breathing's still right there, just in the background somewhere. So we can notice how we can be aware of the whole body and the breathing. Now make it a little bit more challenging. Be aware of the body standing, what that feels like a sensation. And of course, the breath is part of that movement of sensation. And notice as well that hearing is happening without losing the awareness of the standing body. The knowing mind, aware of hearing and sensation and breathing. Feeling really at home in this simple world of sensation and breath and sound. Coming and going naturally. What a relief it is not to have to control or fix. But just allow sounds to be heard and sensations to be felt, the breath to be felt. 
for just another minute or so. Now we're going to make part of our practice coming into a sitting posture. So open the eyes if they've been closed and no need to rush. We're just feeling what it feels like for the body to move slowly back into a sitting, comfortable sitting posture, whatever that's like for you. See how many sensations you're aware of. Hearing is being known. <laughs> so again, you can close your eyes if you'd like, but you don't have to. You could just gaze toward the floor in front. We're just going to continue. We'll go back to the more specific breath meditation for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Feel free to quietly, mindfully adjust your posture when the sensations become unworkable, you can't just be with the pain in a relaxed, interested way, then just make a simple adjustment, whatever you have to do to alleviate the pain, painful sensations. So first, let's just feel the whole body sitting, feel the hands touching whatever they're touching, feel the pelvis, just as it is, the spine, shoulders and arms. Be aware the whole body's sitting, a kind, receptive, Interested awareness of the whole body. Sitting is like this now. Can this be okay just to be intimate, open to the sensations of the whole body? Not afraid to feel whatever's here to feel. And begin to notice the ordinary rhythm of the breathing process here in the body, right here in the body. You might feel it as a simple Touching at the nostrils as the breath comes in and goes out. You might feel it as a rising and falling of the abdominal wall. Or even a more general feeling throughout the chest. But just be clear enough to know when the in-breath is happening that it's the in-breath that's happening. 
And when the out-breath is happening, that the breath is going out. that we can use that natural rhythm of breathing to develop this continuity. So we're tracking the sensations of breathing in from the beginning of the in-breath through to the end of the in-breath. And tracking the sensations from the beginning of the out-breath to the end. Without getting tight, Really willing to begin again and again in a relaxed way. you can just see what's helpful. Sometimes it's helpful to have a more narrow focus just with the sensations of the breath. Other people, it's more helpful to have a more general awareness of the whole body as you breathe in and breathe out. You might even want to experiment with both of those extremes. So for example, for a few breaths at least, just be very specifically with one place where you feel the breath. And keep tracking that one place all the way through the in-breath, all the way through the out-breath. A classic place would be feeling the breath at the tip of the nostrils. But there are other ways to do that. Remember, it's okay to relax as you do this. Feeling the simple touching at this one place. then you can experiment, if you'd like, with a more general awareness of the whole body. So you can still be aware of the breath. In a way, it's each in-breath reminds the mind to be open to the whole body, just as it is. And each out-breath is a reminder to be aware of the whole body, just as it is. 
Everything belongs as you breathe in. Everything belongs as you breathe out. any calm or tranquility arises, you can notice that as well as you breathe in and out, aware of the whole body. Just keeping in mind there is this body, these bodily sensations, they're like this now. But you don't need those words. What the mind needs is this remembering to know, remembering to recognize the present moment, and using the bodily sensations as a way to remember to recognize the present moment, because bodily sensations arise here and now in the present moment.
And now for the last few minutes, you can even open your eyes if they've been closed. Just gaze down toward the floor. Let go of the breath as an exclusive object of awareness. Let go of the body. So now there are two objects of awareness. There's the awareness of the body sitting, the hearing body, seeing body, right? These five physical senses of seeing and hearing and touching and to a great extent, tasting and smelling. And then the other object is the thinking mind, mental activity. So basically body being known, five physical senses, and the mind, mental activity being known. Now it's not about controlling anything. It's simply about recognizing the present moment, moment by moment. Let's just do it. This will be more tricky, easier to get lost in thought. But just see if you can sustain this recognition that this is how it is now, this mental activity, this bodily activity being known. Just stop being known. Keeping the present moment in mind. It's the mind knowing. Present moment is this body activity being known and this mental activity being known, being felt. So really we're just practicing being intimate with the conditions here and now. It's not complicated. Is it safe to be sensitive? Is it safe to relax? Is it possible to give permission for the body to just do what it's going to do and for the mind to just do what it's going to do? question, just to get familiar with this territory. What's in the way of the body and the mind being at ease? What's actually in the way of being at ease? 
And whatever that is that seems to be in the way, can it be felt and accepted for what it is? And just stretch out, make yourself body comfortable if you can. So that was a little bit, somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes. Just gives you a, just the sitting part, gives you a sense. Might have felt like a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's interesting when we're mindful. It, it has it can have both extremes where time can feel like it goes by really quickly, but it can also feel like time, everything slows down and 10 seconds is forever. One of the things that we found over the years, myself and others who do these kind of classes, is how much value there is in people asking questions and sharing what you're learning. Even from tonight's sit, something might have arisen, some question, some experience might have been interesting to you that would like to share with the group. What has come to mind for you that you'd like to share or bring up? Any questions about the instructions thus far? Any experiences? Yeah, start us off. First row of chairs. And you can say your first name if you want. You don't have to. I'm Janelle. And I noticed um, as I was trying to relax my body and, and notice what was going on with it that my jaw was really tight. And as I felt that relax then I started noticing other places that I hadn't noticed until my jaw relaxed that were more tense. Um, so that was interesting to me. Yeah. And there's going to be a whole, I mean, over the course of years and years, a whole unraveling of the energetic knot that we just live with because when we're afraid, when we're excited, I mean, basically any emotion, we do this. We have one move, it's this. Right, freezing up, tightening up, contracting. Whether we're happy, I mean, it's so interesting when something really beautiful, joyful happens. To notice, we get tight, just like we do when something bad happens. It's just interesting. The mind-body system is actually more simple than we might think, and it really, really needs this feedback mechanism called mindful awareness, because when you notice it, you start to notice more. When you notice more, you notice even more. And you notice how it, that noticing really allows for the unraveling of tension. That's just a side effect of the practice, but a really nice one. Thanks, Janelle. Who'd like to go next? Other comments or questions? Yeah, all the way over here. Hi, I'm Jenny. And um, I've been uh, practicing meditation before I came to Common Ground a little bit. And, um, but the thing, so I've been reflecting on, um, being mindful and today when I got back from, got home from work, I was like, oh my gosh, I've had this terrible canker sore for mm, five days or so. And it's just so painful. And when you were talking about being mindful of our body all day at work, it never, ever occurred to me how much it hurt until, and what's interesting is I work really hard to be present 
to the children that I work with. And then I <laughs> was like, okay, but not so much to in my own body until I got home. And then it was just like, oh, get me the Advil. It just really, yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. It's a nice example of not being aware of what's yeah. going on in my body until I was out of work. And we'll notice, you know, concentration is part of everybody's life. I mean, we wouldn't get anything done, including, you know, crooks and not-so-nice people. They're concentrated, too. So concentration is a neutral quality. and But it's good to have that refined and exclusive attention to sort of what's at hand, what we need to be paying attention to. But the thing we're adding to that is this breadth of awareness. So we want both the depth and exclusive, the capacity to have for moments at least an exclusive attention. But we want to always then come back to more of a breadth, which allows for more of a discernment, comprehending awareness, right? Because we're seeing the whole picture and we're also seeing the dynamic sense of how things unfold because we have this breadth of awareness. It really supports being skillful. And that's why in early Buddhism, one of the predominant techniques over and over the Buddha talked about is mindfulness immersed in the body, this embodiment awareness. Because it, it really supports that inclusive awareness as opposed to focusing on one particular thing. Like we did when for a while when we were just at the tip of the nostrils, that would be more of an, an exclusive object of awareness. And you can get a very powerful, refined, concentrated awareness going. And that can be very healing. It's, it's good to practice that. But it's not the only way to practice, right? And so you saw then we went to more the breath because we used the whole body. And then we used the whole body in hearing. That felt much more wide open, didn't it? And then you can add to that as you get more confidence, whole body, hearing, mental activity. Being aware of mental activity without getting pushed around, without taking it personally. Or there's this mood, there's this attitude, there's this thought. But that's a little bit more challenging. So I'll talk about that later in the in the course. But it's going to happen right now, right? You're going to have mental activity, so... Consider yourself warned. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. Time for one more comment or question. Yeah, over here. Thank you, I'm Allison. Um, I find when I have those real moments of presence, it's the first moment I relax in a day, and that pretty immediately turns into sleepiness. It, I have this really kind of serene sense of uh, release, and that, that, that line between that release and letting go of the anxiety or whatever is that day really just slips away from me really quickly into what feels a bit like um, a pleasurable sleepiness and that feels mm -hmm. like I should be resisting it in that moment to stay aware. So I struggle with that. Yeah, it kind of depends. Like if you really feel you're pretty clear you're getting enough sleep, then it's not so much that you resist it, but you understand the source of the sleepiness. Because if it isn't that you actually need sleep, because you know a lot of us are living in stressful ways, and we're just not getting enough sleep, given how much tension is in the mind and body all day long, you might actually need more sleep. 
But let's just presume you don't, because this will come up for a lot of us. We're getting enough sleep, and we have, just as you described, we're some tranquility, and the tranquility triggers this habit. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty safe. This would be a good time to take a vacation from reality. <laughs> and we do. We go either into a trance state or to a sleep state because that's the habit of the mind, to take advantage of safety to check out. But we're creating a new habit, to take advantage of safety to better understand the mind. So at that juncture where there is enough tranquility, then we have to get really skillful at brightening the mind. And it's really all about refined interest. Interested in what? Interest in the present moment. Can the mind be interested? So just asking your mind to notice what's being known. What's the mind knowing? Just dropping a question like, what's the mind knowing now? Oh, breathing in is being known. Or, oh, the mind's a little greedy. Greediness is being known. Liking the pleasantness. That's agreed. Subtle, right? But liking the pleasantness, wanting to indulge in the pleasantness of tranquility, that's just that being known. So you realize, but you're vivid, like you're seeing something you haven't seen before. So there's like, it's energizing. Oh, wow, that's kind of interesting to see the tranquility and to see tranquility's effect on the habit energy of the mind. To kind of want to check out. And to feel that kind of real desire to want to sink. Oh, that's so interesting. It actually is actually interesting to see how the mind works. The truth is there's nothing more interesting for a human being than seeing how the mind works. But there's nothing more boring than thinking we know how the mind works, right? Our mental interpretation, because we've had our ideas about ourselves repeated so many times, there's nothing new in terms of how we interpret ourselves. So that's pretty boring. But seeing things real in real time, directly, immediately, it's very enlivening. And so some questions that point or support that kind of direct interest can be useful in that moment. What's happening? What's the mind doing? Is it skillful? Is it unskillful? Is the mind planting seeds of stress or seeds of release? Setting stress in motion, setting release in motion. That kind of interest can help. So just a couple minutes before we end, First, most important thing is if you want to develop the practice, you got to train the mind. If you're going to train the mind, it really helps to come to the class. Next Tuesday, at some point, you might feel, yeah, that was really good. I really liked it, but I'm not going to come back. So here, I'm going to shame you now. There's a large waiting list for this class, right? We had to turn people away because it's full. So you're in. Take advantage of it. Come back. Give yourself six weeks. Then decide if it's something you want to incorporate into your life. Because it's very easy. It's one of the hardest things to do to develop a new habit, and especially this habit. So give it six weeks. Do a little at home. When that thought arises, oh, I'm not going to come back, notice that's just a thought. Really, that's all it is, is a thought. And we, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of thoughts that aren't actually wise. Right? So no, there, there, there may be a couple of you that will be a wise thought. No, I shouldn't come back. You broke your leg or you, you know, something difficult is going on and 
really needs your attention, fine. And come back later if that makes sense. No one's going to chase you down, right? If you know you can't come back because something's changed, then send the center an email. We'll let some people in off the waiting list. I'll send an email out tomorrow. So even if you didn't register, register tonight because I'll send the email out. We'll have the talks from the last time we recorded them. We'll have the handouts. We'll have a guided meditation you can use if you need that and a few other things. So make sure if you haven't registered to register and look for that email. And if you don't have it by the end of tomorrow, send the center an email. For some reason, we don't have yours, and we'll send that off to you. Oh, and in that, I'll send a, a fly or a, a handout that explains how the center works. You probably noticed we don't charge for anything at the center, and yet the teachers, like myself, we you know, get supported from this place, and we have paid office staff, and we have a building, and we're developing a retreat property out in Wisconsin. All of that just comes from people's voluntary donations. You can read more about it online. The handout will have some more information on how that all works. It's really up for each person to figure out what makes sense in your life. There's no right or wrong way to do it. So just feel free to ask questions if you have any. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.